Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 222 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm Ryan, joined by the rest of the crew here this evening. We've got Adam, we've got Trey, we've got Mike. All four of us are here. We're here to preview week number 11 of the CFL season, taking a look at the major matchup storylines, fantasy players to watch, and our betting picks for each of the games this week. We'll bring in the whole panel in just a second. Uh, we are also live on a variety of different platforms, thanks to our presenting sponsor, GameTime TV, which you can learn more about by visiting GameTimeTV.ca. Uh, send your comments, send your questions in the live chat. We'll take a look at them throughout the live show as well. Uh, and we also want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Now let's say hi to everybody else here this evening. First, he's uh, to the top right on my screen here, so we'll bring him in first. Uh, the great Adam Stewart is here. Uh, busy day of farming, Adam, but you make time for football. Absolutely, we're busy swathing. We're busy getting combines ready. We got a broke down grain truck. We got to get the grain augers ready. The other combines not broke down yet, and it's still eight thirty at night. So yeah, gonna be a busy day. But hey, the podcast is important too. We got to get the CFL and all the good stuff talked about with the Canadian Football League. Isn't that right, Trey? I don't want to talk to you, Adam. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. But why? Maybe it was me who pulled some plugs in your tractor combine today. You never know, man. Misdirection got you worried about that. So you don't worry about fantasy. Ah, ah, I see. Well, I don't know. I think maybe Mike should answer that one instead to see if... Do you think Trey's been pulling plugs on me? I have no idea. But guys, I have no idea what to say after that intro. Other than good evening. (laughs) All right, that works too. Uh, yeah, whole crew here this evening. Important note, fantasy matchup in our Discord League this week. Trey and Adam go head-to-head. You'll probably hear a lot of trash talk throughout the night, so let's get that context in there before we begin. Uh, I, only throw, I only throw trash talk to people who are on my same level. That's it. That's it. So right in the basement, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to, You gotta do that to me, man. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, this is going to be a fun night here, folks, as we talk about everything from week 11 in the CFL. Of course, we've got a lot of extra content for you uh, every week in our Discord community, uh, which if you haven't joined already, it's free to join. The link is in the episode description to do so. We've got bonus episodes each week. Mike and I recorded uh, the Drive Home Call-In Show. We had a good episode of that on Monday this week. Uh, We've got fantasy talk, betting content going on in there as well. And uh, I know NFL season's getting close. Uh, If you're interested in NFL fantasy, uh, hop in the Discord community as well, because we may just get a league going uh, with folks in the Discord community there also. But let's get into talking CFL for week number 11 and talk about our first game of the week here, which is the Edmonton Elks visiting the Hamilton Tiger Cats Thursday night, 7.30 p.m., Eastern time, I believe. I wrote Central time in my document here, but I think that's Eastern time. Uh, That is correct. Uh, Adam, let's start with Edmonton because I think that's where we get the most news here. Well, definitely a lot of news out of Edmonton. I mean, 
I'll quickly go through the Jeff chart. Eugene Lewis is in. He's back off injury. Luchez Purifoy is off injury, uh, off for injury right now. He's going to be out of the lineup this week. But uh, huge news coming out of the Edmonton Elk side of things, more up in the uh, top of everything. The president, Victor Kui, has been dismissed by the Edmonton Elks. Uh, I guess it's the uh, uh, executive uh, that runs the Edmonton Elks because it is a community-owned team. Uh, essentially let Victor Kui go this week. Uh, just kind of giving also going and giving uh, Chris Jones a vote of confidence to say that he can do as what Chris Jones liked to do. So I I don't get this. Guys, tell me what in the world is with the Edmonton Elks. Like, I I thought that Victor Kui was the only thing trying to keep this team going the right way. I uh, just want to quick, because we got a whole pile of topics tonight, just want to quickly get your thoughts. I can jump in here first uh, and say I was shocked by this news, but like I'm never too shocked with anything going on in the CFL anymore. What a difference a year makes. Remember going back to last year, the summer of Stern, the summer of Dewey, uh, where, you know, all the talks about the great things that these two guys are doing as owners of the league. And then Stern's out, Gary Stern's out, now Victor Cooey's out. Uh, there's talk about issues, uh, you know, in the boardroom and things like that and behind closed doors. I don't know what to believe, to be honest. Uh, you know, there's different stories from different sides, so I could see either scenario, uh, happening, uh, based on everything I've seen publicly. I mean, it seems like Cooey was a good presence there for, uh, the Elks and making meaningful changes off the field while the product on the field was hot garbage. Um, and yeah, you may have had a bit of a vote of confidence in Chris Jones, but if that's the issue, then why is the board of governors still giving Chris Jones a vote of confidence here? I don't know, Trey, any, any quick thoughts from you? Uh, no, I kind of the same. I was, su- I wasn't surprised because if they're going to blame someone with the salary, the coach's cap, you can't blame Jones right now, I guess, because if he just says I'm leaving, I think his salary would still apply to it, right? Um, but you got to blame one somebody. I think what shocked me more was, I don't know, what like supposed issues there was around him. Like you said, Ryan, he seemed to be one of the owners of the future, or presidents of the future. And it's just surprising at how it ended. I, I thought he might be a move at the end of the season, not right now. Mike, do you have a quick thought on QE? Yeah, I have a couple, actually, uh, but I'll make this as quick as possible. Um, do you guys remember when the president search was going on in Edmonton and they brought in Wally Buono as a consultant to the process? Anyway, that's what did happen. Um, but, oh, man, Trey, you're hilarious tonight. Uh, but, but as I was saying, you know, I wonder, is this? A board of directors, board of whatever you want to call it. It sounds like the head guy on this voluntary board of directors is a Chris Jones type of guy. Part of me wonders if Wally Buono actually suggested that or if this was a move from up above. Nonetheless, um... I really see a lot of dysfunction at the top, and I would suggest it's even at the board level. 
Um, some of the level of directness at that press conference yesterday was not good. Um, I fought for a team that's won whatever it is, four or five games in the last three years. Uh, fans deserve a little more of an explanation. Uh, I thought when he said Edmonton has to continue to support the team, uh, I found that to be an honest slap in the face. Uh, like, honestly, like, give me something to watch that's worth coming. Uh, the product is unwatchable right now. The, really, that's the only reason I, only way I can see this actually fixing itself in the not too long term future is if this franchise moves to private ownership. And, and that's a stance that had me thinking yesterday. As you really own team, you have a lot of ideas and a lot of opinions. It's too many cooks in the kitchen. They have new owners in Toronto recently. New owners in BC. Hamilton went incorporated. The community-owned team in Regina to maybe start to see. Now, that might not be an issue in Regina or here in Winnipeg, but the community-owned model, I think, lends leads itself to more problems than privately-owned teams. And I just have to wonder if that might be the next solution in Edmonton. As we move over to the Tidecats side of things here, uh, Mike, what's the major storyline? Right back to you here. What's the major storyline on the Hamilton side for us to talk about? One thing for me, Scott Fitzit or Mr. Fitzit Scott. Um, Scott Milanovic making his debut as offensive coordinator. Uh, if you've listened to Orlando Steinhauer, he doesn't expect it to be fixed in one full swoop. He thinks it's got to be a process approach i'm curious to see um some different minds and some different opinions on what an offense offensive game plan involving their young quarterback looks like um to me scott milanovic seems like a much better offensive coordinator choice than tommy condell um i I think this is a move to try to salvage uh, a team trying to find its way to get to the Grey Cup on home field, who's quite frankly running out of time uh, to give themselves an honest shot. That being said, um, I really expect them to come out offensively with a little bit more uh, mojo than what we've seen of late. Uh, defensively, to be honest, I haven't had much of a much of an issue. Um, I honestly can't believe the number of people that are underdriving Hamilton in this game. Uh, if you look at the CFL.ca Pickham, um, I think Hamilton's being a little bit disrespected, but listen to this, guys. Two teams in absolute turmoil. Somebody's going to be very happy tomorrow night, and the other team, all the misery continues. Anybody have anything to add on uh, Scott Milanovic taking over the play calling here for the Tidecats before we move into fancy? Well, I think the only thing I got really quickly with that is just I want to see him use James Butler more. And, I mean, we started to see it a little bit in the last two weeks there uh, of Tommy Condell. Uh, James Butler had some good runs 
this is a team in Edmonton that gives up a lot of run. So I think that that's going to be the big key in this one is uh, let's see James Butler actually have a really big game, I think is what's going to be the key for uh, Hamilton to win this one. Trey, anything? No, Adam, I just suggest you take players from these this game in fantasy. That's all. Oh I will because they mostly do better than teams that actually are on winning streaks. Well, then never mind. Take Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great strategy. Uh, there is a question in the chat from Richard saying, I'm curious what happens at QB if Hamilton goes on a win streak, especially if Milanovic puts together a good game plan for Powell. I mean, uh, Bo, if once he's healthy, probably comes back in as the starter. Schultz, once he's healthy, if, if, Bo's not ready to go, probably comes back in as the starter no matter what. But, you know, for a team that's been so up and down early in the season, I think you got to ride with the hot hand and whatever's working for the offensive game plan, personally, uh, is my thought on that one. Uh, let's get back. Let's get right into fantasy picks for this game. And, uh, well, if Adam's picking a lot of players from this game, I'm recommending a lot of them here as well. So that could be good or bad. Uh, depending on flip a coin, whether my suggestions are good or bad any given week. Uh, let's start with a couple names on the Hamilton side before we go over to you guys. My biggest lock of the week is James Butler at running back at $11,000 this week. He currently has three of the top five running back performances of the year with 24 or more points. Uh, and the, in the two games that Taylor Powell has started, he's had uh, 18 targets and 14 catches. So he's basically Powell's go-to receiver. Uh, and I think the offense gets better with a new play caller. Also, the Elks give up an atrocious 18 fantasy points a game to starting running back. So it's match made in heaven. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm putting James Butler in as my captain. I'm 99% sure this week. Uh, a couple of other names on the Ticat side I like. This one's confusing because once again, CFL fantasy genius sports find a way to, finds a way to put two separate copies of the same player in fantasy, and probably only one of them is going to score points. Anthony Johnson comes off the injured reserve uh, to fill in for Terry Godwin at left wideout uh, for for the Ticats this week, and he's now listed in fantasy at both six thousand dollars and two thousand five hundred. And we had this happen with Richie and Danny early in the year, and only one copy got points. So I'm hoping they straighten this out before the game because I think even at either price, he's good value play. Uh, the left wideout, again, Godwin seemed to be one of Powell's favorite targets. Uh, he also had a respectable uh, 250 yards in five games last season. So I think he could be a decent value play for you there. And I also like the Ticats defense at $8,600. Uh, we had some really good back and forth in our Discord uh, community this week uh, about the value of fantasy defenses. Shout out to uh, Discord member Sandwiches uh, for putting together some charts on that as well. Uh, and kind of what we discovered is that most cases, defenses aren't worth the money. In fantasy, they're not bringing you close to the same value that other positions are bringing you. Uh, so in a lot of ways, you should be spending low on defenses. And the Ticats have also been one of the top three value plays in four of their last five games. So uh, it's a great matchup with the Elks. I think it's a good defensive play there. I do have two names on the Elks side to talk about, but uh, let's go over each of you first. For Give me one name uh, that you've got, if any, uh, that we haven't talked about here uh, for fantasy in this matchup. Uh, let's go to you first, uh, Mike. 
Yeah, there seems to be a lot of discussion about Tim White um, having a rather quiet year. I think that's his name, Tim White. Uh, yeah, Tim White. Um, there just seems to be a lot of, like, if you listen to Coach Steinhauer, um, a lot of the questions have been directed, I guess, or phrased at Tim White. Like, what do you need to do with Tim White going? You know, how important is Tim White to your team? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I wonder if Tim White is finally due for a breakout uh, with the new offensive coordinator. Um, not saying I'm going to take Tim White, but he, to me, seems to be a bit way too quiet for way too long. And I think it's only a matter of time before he breaks out. I like it. Adam, what about you? I've only got really the one, and you already brought him up. I mean, I'm definitely, definitely going to be taking James Butler this week. Uh, great against the – Edmonton's not really great against the run. James Butler's had some big performances. Bring him on. That's all I can say. Hey, you uh, you going to spill a hand here for your opponent at all? or I'm, I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> Or what plead the fifth? I I do I do like what both uh I guess both of you said about a certain running back and I I can get down with that. All oh, right. I thought you were taking Marshawn Lynch. Oh, I would take him all day, <laughs> baby. Give me that chicken. Okay, yeah. Can he come up here? I'll do it. <clears throat> you can have him work on your farm in the off season, man, for extra money, man. <laughs> I like it. Uh, two names on the elk side to go over as well. Uh, I've got Kevin Brown at $13,000 also. Uh, the elk's first half running back usage last week went really well for them against the Bombers and was kind of finally what I was waiting to see from them all season long. Then they went away from in the second half, and well, we know what happened there for the elk's uh, as they blew the lead in that game. I thought it was a great offensive game plan from Jarius Jackson to start. And I think the tale of two halves kind of gives him a you know bit of an obvious indication to keep getting Brown involved. And I think he still has the talent there and has just been waiting to break out this season like he did last season. And also I'm going to throw Trey Ford in here for $8,500 at quarterback. I'm still not a believer in him as a passer, but I do have to give him credit for a 75% completion percentage last week. Uh, also, his biggest assets are his running ability and his deep ball, which are like the two biggest things you want to see from a fantasy quarterback, uh, arguably. And he hit it a couple of times last season. So he's one of the cheaper options. It's a great match against the Ticats to give up a lot to quarterbacks. Uh, I'm willing to take a chance on that cheaper play, especially given we'll get into these other games. There's a lot up in the air with who's starting where for quarterbacks this week around the CFL, but it's no question Trey Ford is getting a second straight start here. Uh, what do we have? What's the line at for this game uh, on the betting side, Trent? That is a good question. Where did my thing go here? It is plus five and a half for Edmonton, minus five and a half for Hamilton. 45 over under. Ooh. I was just talking about this on the oh my god, Blue White and Rouge podcast. And it was um I was interested about this line because I felt like this game could be one where it's gonna be exciting because it's close, but it could be like 14 10. 
You know what I mean? Like both of these teams haven't shown ton, but I am going to take Hamilton, but the under Mike, what do you like? You know what, man, you need to start sending your picks in when you're not here, just because you're not here. Your stats are all messed up. But anyway, Mike, what do you like? Mike, not here. Okay. Ryan, you go then. Okay. I'll go. Uh, yeah, my pick in this game, uh, I'm taking the Ticats for the very first time this season, I think. Uh, I'm finally doing it uh, because Edmonton just keeps finding another way to lose a football game, and I'm interested to see what it's going to be this week, and it might end at some point, it might not, but honestly, the Ticats finally did the thing I've been waiting for them to do for years, and they let uh, Tommy Condell go. Uh, so I'm going to give them the vote of confidence here and say they're going to win this football game. I'm going to take the over on this one as well. I think uh, both these defenses can give up their fair share of points, and so I'll take the over on this one. Uh, Mike, are you ready to go with your pick now? Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to go Hamilton and on the over. Uh, just because I... Well, here's a spoiler alert in our little pool. Uh, I am forced to play uh, Trey Ford this week as a result of another quarterback having help in question. So I would appreciate uh, support for Trey Ford. Uh, But he throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns tomorrow. But I really realistically don't see that happening. Uh, largely on the back of Edmonton's defense, um, having a complete and utter destructive meltdown after going up 22 nothing. Um, yeah, no, I, I just think in spite of everything going on at quarterback for Hamilton, Hamilton has more going for them. Uh, so that's why I'm taking Hamilton and uh, over 45 points. Right, Adam. Well, I thought you would just ask me first, seeing as I'm the bettest, uh, betting expert right now and leading the uh, leading the crew and everything. But uh, I guess I can go last, uh, and I'm going to take a shot. Higher up I'm the ladder, do... higher up the ladder, harder to the fall, man. That's all good. Yeah. I've been this high up the ladder for a very long time oh, in betting, so I'm going to take my moment. I'm afraid of heights, and... so I'll stay at the bottom. Yeah, well, yeah, fair point. I like remote bin, bin openers. You don't have to open the bin. You just pull from the rope in the bottom. Works better. Anyways, uh, I'm going to take a shocker, though. I'm going to take the Edmonton Elks. They got to win one sometime here. They had a great game against the Bombers right off the bat. Uh, <laughs> you know what? They, uh, they, they, they might happen to pull one off here finally. Uh, I doubt it, but hey, you know what? Five and a half, you get a little bit of a chance. And I'm going to take the under as well. So... I don't think there'll be a lot of points scored, but I think somehow Edmonton's going to win this one. So you tell me how I'm crazy. I mean, one and nine, at least they break one streak this week. This is how we catch Adam, guys. Uh, you do know they have to play a full 60-minute football game. It's not just one half, right? Uh, I'm not sure if they know so, that yet. So, yeah, but also Hamilton has to play a second half, and they haven't done that much this year either. Watch it be a rain delay and cancel that halftime, and neither team has to play a second half. Uh, Let's move on to our second game of the week here, which is a Friday night matchup between the Bombers and the Stampeders in Calgary, uh, Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. 
Uh, Adam, let's go to you here first with, uh, let's talk about the Calgary side and uh, what do we need to talk about here for the Stamps? How many yards is Jake Mayer just not getting anymore? I mean, it's absolutely crazy. The guy has some good weeks, then he all of a sudden goes terrible. Then he starts and goes even worse. I don't know. It's just been all over the place here for this week for Jake Mayer. Uh, Not a whole lot really to say about the Stampeders that I've got this week. Uh, It's uh, been pretty quiet over in the Stampeders front. I looked at the injury report. Uh, Probably the only big injury that you might want to know about is Jonathan Moxie. Uh, He is questionable. I maybe even seen out uh, by some reports for this week against the Bombers. Uh, That's a big loss, especially with the Blue Bombers having a high-flying wide receiving core. You need all your defensive backs that are starters in there. Uh, Overall, though, I think the big thing I got to talk about is, again, consistency with your uh, uh, receivers. There hasn't been any this year with Calgary, and it's starting to show pretty pretty drastically here, especially against the BC Lions last week. I think this week they've got even a bigger challenge now with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers coming in. Uh, Mike, what do you got right now on the, uh, well, on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Who's starting, I guess? Wow, who's starting? That is, I, I think there's only two people in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers building that know who that's going to be. Um, and that is Michael Shea, and that is that Kalaut himself, and uh, maybe Drew Brown. Um, one thing we do know is that Zatolaus did not participate in today's closed practice. We believe that to be the case. Um, we have also seen uh, Blue Bombers not practice all week and then suddenly find themselves in the lineup. Guys, <laughs> If you put a gun to my head and said I had to put money on who the starter would be the would be on Friday, I would say it has to be Drew Brown. Um, but again, I've been proven to be absolutely wrong in the past. Um, I I just I honestly feel that that second half performance in particular bought the Blue Bombers this week. I mean, even even if disaster were to struck last week and they don't come back and win that game, I still think they have Drew Brown as an option. Um, for me, I, I just feel like there is, other than potentially first place on the line, there is no reason to play Zach Kalaros in this game. You are... Sips and two. The BC Lions are six and two. Is it really, really that imperative for first place than to buy your quarterback an extra week when he has a history of head and neck issues and your backup quarterback already was more than capable of winning the game last week? Granted, I know it was against the Alps, but still, I mean, what he did was a shade around 300 yards and four touchdowns in, you know, two and a half quarters. Bottom line, fantasy advice, stay away from a Blue Bomber quarterback unless you know who's playing on the day of the game. Quite honestly, good luck with that getting out. Um, 
But no, I did it back to your original question. I fully expect Drew Brown to play, and I fully expect Drew Brown to win the Blue Bombers another football game because there's just way too many questions in Calgary right now. And maybe a smart fantasy play, a little bit of a heads-up with kind of what I'm thinking with my lineup is that Brady Oliveira might be a smart play this week considering he might get the lion's share of the football uh, this week, along with some very, very, very skilled receivers at the Bombers hop. But again, my money on Drew Brown starting this game, but I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, I got a quick point to both of you. So Adam's point earlier about the stamps, I was actually just talking about this. This is why it's fresh in my mind on the Red, White, and Blue podcast. If you look at the yak yards for Calgary receivers last week, the highest was 18, 18 yards. So that's crazy to me. Like some guys should be, you guys should be getting 18 a play on the CFL field. So there's one of two things kind of happening. One is like, I think Mayor kind of burst out on the scene and he was getting these deep balls and he's not getting them anymore. Or sorry, the deep balls. People were prepared for the deep ball because they were prepared for Bo and and uh, Mayor was able to nickel and dime them. Now they're prepared for that. That's why we're seeing these low yak yards. And to Mike's point, oh, I could tell you right now who's starting, but I won't because that'll help Adam in fantasy. But if I was if I was the coaching staff of Winnipeg, if I was Mike O'Shea, I tell uh, I tell Zach to go fishing and come back on Labor Day. Go camp. Go fish. Go camp. Don't whatever. Don't risk it. You know what I mean? Don't put on one of those sun bucket hats that Medlock used to used to wear and. Go to the zoo, you know. Don't worry about football because we'll need you Labor Day on and let this kid see what he has for a couple of weeks. While hey, you know Zach got what the four year contract, but doesn't mean he's going to play at all, right? You know, so I think you want to see what this guy can do. We don't want to be Green Bay and let Aaron Rodgers overstay his welcome. Now, I'm not comparing those two directly, but you don't want that to happen. And that's my two points. So are you suggesting that Drew Brown should take over for Zach Kalaros? I said that in the off season, yes. It's true. I, I did say it. that. I did say that in the off season. I I think we're overpaying. If you want, Mike, we're trying to have a short episode here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think we overpaid for Zach Caleros, so I would take Drew Brown on his contract going forward over Zach Caleros on the contract. If it was straight up no salary cap, money doesn't matter. Of course, I'd take Caleros. Are we having this same discussion if it's not the outs and we lose the football game last week? I just said I've been having this conversation since the offseason. Yeah, sorry, Trey. I'm not there yet. I, and that's honestly part of the reason why I want you to play as much as you can here in the little bit. It's just to see what is it. Is Drew Brown not good? Or was it the outs? kind of gift wrapping one and that's kind of what i've been trying to wrap my head around all week mike you can never live a day in my head bro you never <laughs> you never survive it's a scary place it is uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> well should we get into fantasy talk here uh you know it's interesting you talked about the calgary uh yak uh for the receivers there uh, last week because you know, there's been a lot of talk about Jake Mayer throwing six-yard passes, and if the players aren't making much work after uh, afterward, you know, they catch the ball, then 
that leads to Mayer throwing for tops 150 yards in his last two games. So it makes it tough to want to take a receiver from the Calgary offense right now. I'm not taking Jake Mayer either. Uh, I'm not, uh, and the running back situation it was kind of an even split between Carey and Mills last week, and they're both uh, they're both kind of uh, higher in price, where it's not really worth taking a chance on either of them. I feel there. I think there could maybe if you do want to take a stamps receiver. I think that uh, Mark and Michelle. Uh, I keep throwing him out there because he's still pretty cheap. I think he's around $8,000 is the price currently. Last time I checked uh, was the price on the Calgary side for him. Yeah, $8,000 for Michelle. Still gets his fair share of targets. He's got the, one of the best matchups for the Stamps in this game. Uh, he just hasn't done a whole ton with those targets yet. But in the games he does, he's produced well. So not super confident in that one, but I'll throw it in here. Uh, but I've got three names on the Bombers side for you guys. Mike, you teased it earlier. Brady Oliveira, I'm throwing him out as a player to watch at $15,000. He's got back-to-back games over 20 points. Uh, he continues to lead all running backs and carries and add, uh, and usually adds two to three targets through the air to his game. Also, three touchdowns last two games, which is something we haven't seen from him in quite some time. Chasing that's ill-advised. You chase volume, you don't chase touchdowns, but if the volume is there to begin with, it's worth taking a look. Kenny Lawler, speaking of volume, has averaged eight targets per game since returning to the Bombers lineup and is consistently getting the most looks in this offense. He comes in at 12,500. Last week sucked in the sense that he had only two catches on those seven targets, but at least he got the touchdown to pad the stats a little bit. Uh, he does have a tough matchup against the Stamps, but I think he's one of those guys that's kind of matchup proof. And honestly, I, I think I'd take Lawler at a slight discount over Nick Dembski, despite Dembski averaging a high total lately, because Dembski's has been padded by touchdowns and Lawler gets his just through uh, surefire volume. And as we talked about, it depends if he starts, who's the starter on the depth chart. But if Drew Brown is the starter at $7,100, is one of the bigger bargain plays of the week. Looked phenomenal last week, 300 yards passing, four touchdowns for him. I don't really expect him to do the same every week, uh, but he has risen to the occasion every opportunity he's gotten. So I think he's a cheap potential starting quarterback. Uh, It's the cheapest potential starting quarterback you could get for the week. Uh, Adam, uh, from either side in this game, uh, give me one player you're watching that hasn't been mentioned. I don't know if I should say I'm just here so I don't get fined, or am I allowing that just for Trey tonight? Anyways, uh, no, I will tell mine because you know I'm not scared. I can, I can be Trey no matter which way. So, anyways, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna just throw in. Uh, I think that Zach Caleros would probably go for a golf so, uh, golf session this weekend. Probably staying in Winnipeg and uh, let Drew Brown play because I've got him in my fantasy roster this week. Uh, and also, I'm still PO'd at Zach Caleros for giving me negative four points. So, Winnipeg, you owe me one. Make sure that Drew Brown gets a few touchdowns. I'm worried about you putting a guy who may or may not play in your lineup because you'll either forget to switch it or you'll forget or you'll try to switch it and it won't allow you to. This is a dangerous game you're playing there, Adam. Uh, Trey willing to give us a pick in this It's game? worth the roll. You got to play. You got to uh, play the game, man. You got to play the game. 
Fair enough. Trey, you still playing the game here or you want to give us a pick? Oh, sorry. I was just eating some gopher salad here, boys. You know, I feel up before here. Um, what, what game is this? Winnipeg, Calgary? Um, again, I can I, I have a certain quarterback of a variety that Mike doesn't think should be the starter. But, you know, if we can, you know, use my what, Riddler, riddle me that one, Batman. Um, and I also got a certain defense that has a guy that likes to play the guitar every time he sacks a quarterback. And um, when we do that stupid thing every time we get the time count. And um, and I might have a guy that – oh, we're supposed to do people you didn't say. I got a guy that Ryan might have mentioned that doesn't even have a picture on fantasy on the Stampeders. So that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say about that. All I'm just going to say, though, is uh, gopher salad is uh, also known in Saskatchewan as oats and strychnine. So, yeah, not good. That's okay. Actually, just really good Safeway potato salad. <laughs> this podcast is in no way sponsored by the Safeway potato salad, but we can talk, come talk to us if you want to. Uh, Mike, fantasy pick for you in this game? Anyone we haven't talked about already? I like Brady Oliveira. I like Kenny Waller. Little bit of maybe I'm feeling a big game from Rashid Bailey, too. All right, fair enough. Uh, he does have those from time to time. He had a good game last week uh, for Rashid Bailey. Uh, somewhere, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Yes, I do. 13.6 fantasy points for him last week. Uh, uh, hit and miss at times, but when he hits, decent uh, production there for him. Uh, all right, we know who we're all kind of taking, although Trey likes to speak in riddles for fantasy. Will he speak in riddles when it comes to his betting picks as well? I'm going to start not betting on the Bombers because every time I take them, they, they oh, let's give them a 22-point handicap and then only win by nine. Like, oh God. Or if I take them, that's when BC decides to blow them out. But six and a half here, that's interesting one. Calgary, ah, it's, I still have that weird it's Calgary in my head and I need to get rid of it because I think, again, if you said this four or five years ago, well, Winnipeg's a, almost a touchdown favorite on the Stamps. We'd all think that whoever made this line has been drinking Pilsners all day, right? So I'm going to take Winnipeg 47 and a half. Oh, my God. I'll take the over, too, because I know it's going to be Drew Brown because I hope I don't hope for any injury, but if they put Caleros in there, I swear to God, if it's the same as Mazzoli and it's the same as Bo Levi and all that stuff, he gets hurt first play or near the end of the game i i don't want mike to ever i'm not i don't want to look at mike's face i don't want to look at mike's face so i'm gonna say drew brown's gonna outscore calgary by seven points and outscore the over 47 and a half mike what do you got i got the over but i got calgary to cover i got winnipeg winning this and a walk-off field goal sorry i mute myself my keyboard's loud next ryan what do you got I'm going to take the Bombers on this one as well. I'm just not super confident in what Jake Mayer has produced in the last couple of weeks. The offense seems a little bit flat. Uh, I think the Bombers will hopefully correct that first half from last week uh, in this one. And I'm going to take the over on it as well. I, I think there's opportunities for both sides to put some points on the board a little bit. Hey, Mike, you took Calgary, but the over, right? Yes, he did. Okay, yep. okay, Adam, last and uh, maybe least. Let's see. 
I know I'm going to take the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on this one. I'm feeling a little blue on this. Uh, I'm going to take the under, though, just because, yeah, Calgary's done nothing lately. And I think that some people might start reading Drew Brown just a little bit. So hopefully that maybe will slow him down a touch. But I do see the Bombers winning by more than a touchdown. So, yeah, you'll yeah, be reading you'll be reading him Sunday or a Monday morning in the Winnipeg Free Press, man, about how he blew this team out. That's what you're going to be reading about him. As long as I don't read about him getting injured or blowing something else out because I am sick of seeing quarterbacks injured. Prue Cops are starter. Oh, God. <laughs> are you going to pick him in fantasy this week just in case, Trey? I'm not okay. kidding. Wanna... Oh, sorry. Boy Scouts honor. I thought about it, but I didn't. <laughs> After last week, I won't talk you out of it. <laughs> All right. But only you. I'll talk everybody Ryan, else. Ryan, you were the last one I liked on here, man. And then you just let it go. Just, just hey guys, the question. Just, it just, took you a year and a bit for that to happen, to be honest. Just a question. And a hypothetical question. I just have a hypothetical question, and I don't know if one of you can answer this. But let's say the Bombers go four times inside the one-yard line, okay? And the total pro top has three one-yard rushing touchdowns. Isn't that over the value of a great play, despite anything else that happens? Yeah, it is. It's true. That's why I put uh, uh, Miller in that one time, because I was hoping for a <laughs> touchdown, right? And like, I... I think that part is, I think you all won that time too. Uh, before we move on to our next game, I do want to address the comment in the chat here from Richard. Uh, are we forgetting that Calgary beat the undefeated Argos two weeks ago? They beat the Argos 19 to 9, I believe, in that game, and Chad Kelly went down fairly early in it. Uh, Cameron Dukes had barely played any CFL action up until then. Uh, I really don't think that Calgary wins that game necessarily if. Kelly plays the entire way. Uh, you know, the Argos just went two and out over and over again, and Mills just ran the ball 27 times, and they killed the clock. And I'll give them credit for the win because, you know, you make they made the most of the opportunity, and they're the only one to do it so far this year. But that, to me, is not – that one's an outlier. What we've seen the rest of the way from Calgary is a little more concerning for me, and I see uh, you all nodding some heads here to, to agree on that one. Uh, but Toronto is supposed to be the most balanced team in the league. Not when it comes to their passing defense, but that's a talk for another week uh, when we're talking more about the Argos. It's the CFL. Like, watch Edmonton beat BC, Toronto, or Winnipeg this year. You know what I mean? Like, it's the CFL. You're going to get that. Yeah, you'll get the you'll get weird results uh, any any given week, which is what makes betting and fantasy so difficult at times. Uh, third game of the week here. Uh, Montreal and Ottawa, the Alouettes visiting the Red Blacks on Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Mike, let's talk about Ottawa first. Uh, what's the big storyline for you? Dustin Trump had a career high in touchdown passes and a career high in passing yards, but it was not enough to outlast the Argos. Question is, is it enough to outlast Montreal? That is a pretty darn good question because I'll tell you something else. Second place in the East is on the line this week. 
If Ottawa has any designs of coming back and hosting the home playoff game, it starts with winning this game. That's just my opinion. Dustin Crum might have to meet what I would consider to be maybe one of the better defenses and more underrated defenses in the CFL and the Montreal Alouettes. Just see my discussion on Beverett on the Drive Home call-in show on Monday. But I, I just feel like this has defensive struggle written all over it. Um, I feel like this may be a game that benefits Dustin Crum. Um, he has a certainly, certainly uh, has that connection with Jay Wynaplin, uh, which is pretty good. Hint, hint, hint on a couple of fantasy players that I might be looking at this week in Akron for sure and Crum maybe. Um, but again, I, uh, I would expect Ottawa to just continue to progress and get better and maybe have a defensive stop or two to help out Dustin Crum. But do not sleep on the Montreal Alouettes. I think they are legit and I think they need to be taken seriously when it comes to winning the East in the, uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I think I'd agree with that. I mean, you look at what the Montreal Alouettes did last week. They didn't have William Stanback. They didn't have Cody Fajardo. And they still put up a dominating performance against... Oh, yeah, well. Anyways, uh, nevertheless, uh, Cody Fajardo is listed as questionable once again this week. Uh, Seems like that seems to do something to ignite the Montreal Alouettes. I don't know. Anyways, uh, he will be questionable again this week. Game time decision. Don't be like me and just leave him in your fantasy or in your uh, fantasy lineups and then never change him. It doesn't work well for you because, you know what? Give Caleb Evans credit. He put out a very good game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, Now, that being said, I think the Alouettes really, I think, if they can just get a couple more wins here, yeah, the second place could easily be theirs. Uh, this game here almost has a little bit of a playoff feel to it, to be in my in my opinion, just because again you've got the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks who have kind of been a resurgence of sorts. Dustin Crum, yeah, he had a great game last week against the Argos, just couldn't quite finish it off. But uh, I think this could be almost like a playoff game here coming up in week ten or week eleven of the CFL. Uh, what do you guys think? Is there anything in this game here that? Uh, uh, you're not seeing out of uh, Montreal or Ottawa that you're something that you're seeing out of Montreal or Ottawa that we're missing. All, all I was going to add to this is if there was a flex game, this should be it. This is the game of the week. This is the one they put on CBS sports or whatever it is. You're right, Adam playoff game, two teams. We all need to remember what last, how many seasons there's been a crossover going over there. So, you know, third place isn't given in the East. So these two teams need to battle it out. Uh, Ryan, do you have anything else? I mean, it's just great that we uh, week in and week out, we're talking about these East division matchups as being the most exciting ones, right? Like I'm all in on the East division this year. I'm loving it. Uh, and I'm excited to see yeah, what Crum does. I'm excited to see if Montreal's defense can keep it up uh, the, the way they've been playing so far this season. Uh I had the Alouettes as last in the East Division preseason, and they have far outperformed my expectations through the midway point of the season here. Uh, and uh, it's exciting. I'm happy for them. 
Uh, anything else? I, or I took him a player? second, didn't I? I took him a second, I think. Maybe. I think I took him in second also, yeah. but uh, no, I took Ottawa second. Never mind. They were going to play. All the the footage. Hang on, I've got oh, it. it pinned? Pinned? Okay, because I'm trying to remember now. Uh, well, you're not Montreal up. I'm just going to quickly. Trey had Montreal in fourth. I had Montreal. So we all had Montreal in Why last. In in oh, I must have had Ottawa in second. Uh, yeah, you did. You both had Ottawa in second. I had them in third. Uh, Mike didn't. No, because I thought this. Actually, no, you're right. I thought this was going to be more of a dumpster fire because of what happened on free agency. Yeah. Right, and everything right there. So it's kind of it's even more remarkable that you know with all that and they didn't even have secure ownership and everything with the exit of Gary uh, Gary and and everything like that. Yeah, it's pretty good for them. But CFL, you know, too, you can. <laughs> that's the way it goes. I'm just going to quickly run through the uh, injury list there for the Alouettes and quickly for the Red Blacks as well, if that's okay. Uh, William Stanback is fully practiced this week. He'll be back, I'm sure. Uh, Almondo Sewell uh, has a hip injury. He was limited in practice today. Uh, Cody Fajardo has been limited all week, like I said before. Left shoulder has been giving him issues. Uh, there is also uh, – I'm just taking a look here. Uh, Brock uh, – Grow on back, I think it says. Grow on back? I can't gallon, read. Gallon lock, he, I think. Gallon lock. Sorry, I cannot see very well on the TV again. Uh, shoulder, he's just coming off the sixth game. He's going to be uh, fully practicing. Uh, probably be back next week. The other one also, just keep in mind, Austin Mack, uh, ankle injury. He did not practice today. He was fully practicing Tuesday. So might want to just keep an eye on that one as the week develops. Uh, see what happens, I guess, tomorrow night uh, during the injury reports there. Uh, going over to the Ottawa side of the football, Braylon Addison, Kelly's injury has been fully practicing though. Uh, Frankie Griffith, uh, linebacker, head injury, hasn't practiced any. Drew Desjardins, their big offensive line signing, he's been fully practicing though with it. He's had an ankle little injury going on. Uh, and Gary, uh, linebacker, he came out of the Rough Riders last year. Uh, he's been limited or did not practice actually this week so far with a foot injury. So not a whole lot of injuries to talk about on either side, but uh, a couple notable ones maybe for the Alouettes. What do you think of fantasy, Ron? Yeah, I'm looking at Montreal here, and obviously it's a glorious passing matchup with the Ottawa Red Blacks. We saw what the Argos were able to do to them last week. The problem is we don't know if it's going to be Fajardo. We don't know if it's going to be Caleb Evans, who only threw 13 passes last week uh, in their game and was more of a Russian quarterback in that one. I think either quarterback is a good matchup, but given this is the Saturday game and it's a game-time decision, we expected Fajardo to play last week, and he didn't. I think that kind of rules both of them out for me because you don't have a ton of options to go to uh, if it's not who you expect it to be. Uh, also, uh, you know, Austin Mack generally is the clear favorite for the Alouettes receivers, but I'm surprised. I was just looking at his target share here. He was getting 10, 11 targets a game earlier in the season. I don't know if it's that ankle injury you just talked about, but his last three games, five, five, and two. So seems like uh, a little bit less usage for Austin Mack here. But one Montreal receiver I do like is Tyson Philpot this week as a value play at $6,000. Uh, like I said, good matchup with the Ottawa defense. They give up 14 points per game to the middle slot backs, which is 4.4 more than any other team in the league. He's only averaged four targets and 22 yards a game in his last two games since he returned to the lineup, so, so not great. I'd like to see more production from him. 
But I'm going to play the matchup game on this one because it's too good to be true, and he's cheap, so I think he's worth consideration this week. I also uh, have on the Montreal side, I've got their defense to consider this week. I, I can't say enough good things about it. Take away those games against Toronto and BC, arguably the two best teams in the league, and they've given up less than 20 points in every single game. They've also recorded multiple turnovers in each of their last three. And uh, see, they face a Red Blacks team that uh, Dustin Crum's been sacked at least five times in six straight games. Uh, can you believe that? As mobile as he's been. So that speaks volumes to the Ottawa offensive line. Uh, I'll also throw in on the Ottawa side, uh, again, Montreal, given they give up so few points, don't expect, uh, don't bank on touchdowns uh, from the Ottawa offense here. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to throw Justin Hardy in there for his volume. He's got seven or more targets in five of his last six games. So he's pretty steady and he's got probably the best passing matchup against this uh, red, against this Alouette's defense. Uh, so I think Hardy's my favorite receiver on the Ottawa side, but the running backs on both sides in this team, you just don't know who's going to get the ball right now. I think just with kind of a share in the injury, just that stand back came off of and things like that. So I'm staying away from all those options. That's what I've got. Uh, let's go to you first, Adam, cause Mike's possibly not here and Trey's eating. Uh, so Adam, uh, we'll go back to you here first. Uh, give me a player you like in this game. Probably just mercy eating, just or sad, sad eating because he knows he's going to lose this week. Anyways, uh, nevertheless, uh, Austin Mack, I'm going to have on my roster this week. I think that, uh, well, why not? I mean, he's been on there all year because he deserves to be. I mean, he's always seeming to get the points. If anybody needs any uh, for Montreal, he seems to get them. So, yeah, I think I just have Austin Mack. I'm just looking if there's anybody else that I have on my roster for them. Nope, that's all I got. Oh, and I did take the Montreal defense, I guess. So the Montreal defense, I think, is a pretty shrewd pick. Uh, they're only 9000 They're a little cheaper than most. And, uh, yeah, it's Ottawa. They might just pick on a uh, young quarterback. So see how it goes. That's what I got. Trey, what about you? Well, thanks, because you said that so loud. My girlfriend texted me from the other room. What are you eating? <laughs> so Anyway, um, Adam... Just, just so you know, when I'm done with you, man, the RCMP are going to have to tape off your computer because it's going to be an absolute murder scene, man. Like, you're, <laughs> you're, you're going to get nothing done on that computer because CSIS, FBI are all going to look at it because it's going to be like, you know, the worst thing to happen in the last 20 years, man. That's what's going to happen. But this game, you know, I actually don't have a much. I have Hardy in right now. That's all I have is my flex. But that could change. He's kind of in there just in case I need to do a little uh, dipty doodle with the quarterback Friday. But. And then I'm sure I can put in someone else with a little lower salary to make things work, right? You gave us an actual name this time, the Riddles. Uh, yeah, I mean, game three. it's Ottawa, Montreal. I don't care anymore what Adam does, man. He's going to do what Adam does. It doesn't concern me. Uh, Mike, what about you? Who's, uh, who's your one fantasy player uh, you're watching in this game? You know what? I wish I could just mute, put my feet up on the desk, and watch those two go at it for a half an hour. Did I know if you see my face? I've hardly stopped laughing every time uh, those two are having uh, a blast tonight. Um, sorry. When I'm done with when I'm done with this, the C and C F is going to stand for Colbeck's effing countdown, boys. Remember that. 
Oh, Save God. it for CFC <laughs> a, a, after dark. Uh. Um, in, in all seriousness, though, um, I'm looking at the quarterbacks in this one as pretty good option. Uh, Dustin Crump to me will always remain a good option because of his running threat. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Evans to me has also shown something. The question is, will he play? That is a, about a million dollar uh, question, of course. But uh, no, this would be a. I know I'm very, very high on a lot of quarterback options this week because, quite honestly, I think there's a lot of question at the position this week and some pretty good reason uh, to take some uh, quarterbacks that might not have been options earlier in the season. I don't think I'll ever be high on the quarterback position again after getting negative points from mine in two weeks so far, 10 weeks through the season. So, uh, no, there are good options, uh, as we've discussed here so far. Uh, Now let's talk about what are the best options when it comes to the betting lines this week. Yeah, this is the closest line of the week. Montreal, the road favorite, minus two and a half, 47 and a half for the over-lunder line. Boys, I'm going to, man, not much good comes out of Ottawa, you know, politicians. But Ottawa, Red Blacks are going to get the job done, I think, this weekend. And I'm looking at this last week. What was it? Ottawa had 31 points and lost, and Montreal had 41 points. Give me the over, boys. Uh, Ryan, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on both of these. I'm going to go with Montreal in this one. We keep talking every week about how Ottawa finds their way to stay in games. But more often than not, they've lost those games they've stayed in. The Dustin Crumb magic only goes so far. I, I'm, I'm really high on what Montreal's done so far. And like I said, uh, not counting BC and Toronto, they give up less than 20, in a lot of cases, less than 15 points a game. So that makes me want to take the under on this one. Yeah, uh, Mike, if you're done giggling over there, what do you got? Um, This is an absolute show because what I say... It didn't happen often, doesn't happen. So as people close to me, the the, the pit that I made is not the actual correct pit. Uh, I, listen, two and a half, that's a, that's a coin flip up I've ever seen one. So for all the love and chaos of this game, I'm calling it right now. Dustin Crumb pulls off one of those watt laps. And it's going to be a game-winning touchdown inside the final seconds. I'm going to go under 47.5 and take Ottawa at home. Those at home, just remember Mike is 5-15 and 15 on the over-unders. So. <laughs> Adam, what do you got, See buddy? what I mean? I thought you were burning me tonight. Like you're going after everyone, Mike me. Everybody's getting it a little bit. I've been nice to Ryan because he's not feeling good, but the rest of you, man, it's fine. Adam's just dishing out the sauce this week. Hey, laughter's anyway. the best medicine. I'm having a blast here tonight, guys. I gave I gave it to Ryan a little bit in the Discord. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, I'm going to go with the Montreal Alouettes. I just can't see Ottawa winning this game. Uh, and I'm going to go with the under on this one here as well. I think Montreal is going to have a very strong game on defense. Standback's back. Uh, yeah, give me the Alouettes. Give me the uh, the under. Sorry. Well, to be fair, Adam is leading in over-under at 25 and 14. So I'll give you that. But you did agree with Mike, so I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> I'll see here, but anyway, yep. Something's got to give, and I'm right in the middle. So. <laughs> That's probably a train waiting to leave the station. The question is, which direction? All I know is I'm unfortunately We won't let your trains in here, Adam. Get out of here. <laughs> Sunday night football, boys. Let's go. Yes, final game of the week, Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's the BC Lions visiting Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, let's go to Adam first to talk about his uh, his riders here. Oh, do I really have to? Anyways, uh, well, they kind of got absolutely embarrassed last week. That's about as nice as I could say it. Uh, but they also got an injury last week, which didn't help them very much at all. Uh, Mason Fine is out now. Jake Dolagal is probably going to be starting in this game here for the Rough Riders. However, they also made a trade this week. Uh, if Trey had his uh, commissioner look there, I should get him to say we have a trade to announce. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the Rough Riders traded off Corey Vedvik, uh, the previous kicker for the Rough Riders. Uh, punter, I guess I should say more than anything. Uh, he's one of the global players. Traded him off for Antonio Pipkin. I think this is his maybe second tour duty through Saskatchewan. I he seems to be a very guy, a varied guy that keeps rotating around throughout these teams. Uh, I think it was a pretty good signing for the uh, Rough Riders who need somebody that has a little bit of CFL experience. Not saying that Shea Patterson couldn't do it or Jake Dolagala. He has had some opportunities. I'm sure that he's going to be starting this week. However, uh, that being said, it looks like that uh, they need some more help in Ryderville. They're not sure on the injury, maybe to Mason Fine. Uh, it uh, looks kind of a little bit bleak, I'll tell you right now, for the Rough Riders. Uh, got to remember that at least they're going on a bye after this week. Uh, that will maybe help them get a little bit out of the injury bug. And speaking of injury bugs, Ryan, you may finally get to pull somebody off the injured list this week as... Keon Schaefer-Baker has been getting teased by the Rough Riders, saying that he may be returning this week. He's been fully practicing. Uh, looks good out there. Been playing with the kids, playing some football. Looks like he's having some fun. Looks like he might be just ready to go this week uh, for the Rough Riders. Uh, another screwed. notable... You're all, you're all screwed. This has been, uh, you know, keep keep the roster afloat until uh, it comes off the waiver wire second half. Just, of the just a quick how question. Long, how long did Braden Lumia stay on the waiver or on the uh, out of the sixth game? Just a question. Adam, would you play him this week, given you have a bye after this game? Yep, I'd play him this week. The Riders need a win. They need a big win badly. Uh, this is the week they need it. They can't keep going down to teams like BC, like Winnipeg, this is the team that they need to beat to prove a point. Uh, you you can't go and uh, play the Montreal Alouettes as bad as they did and go and keep doing that and just say, oh, well, whatever. You, you're still fighting for a playoff spot in Saskatchewan right now. Uh, you're fighting for jobs, essentially, if you're the head coach of the Rough Riders or the general manager of the Rough Riders. You play him if you can play him. If he's healthy enough and ready to go, you play Keon Schaefer-Baker and try to get something going. If nothing else, he's a great target for a very inexperienced quarterback. Gives him another uh, gives him another set of eyeballs to look for out there uh, that might just work, or another set of hands. Why not? I, I'd take him. 
I disagree, but you know, I, it's not my team. I, I, I know it's a little bit different, but I still give him the Zach Caleros treatment a little bit because you have that. Yeah, well, you have that the thing is the record. If I had the record, what a big blue bombers did. Yeah, absolutely. My re- answer would be different. I know, but you Whoops. have to remember you have the buy and then it's banjo bowl labor day or labor day banjo bowl. Right. I mean, does he not traditionally do well against the bombers? Traditionally, he does, but he also does traditionally well against the BC lions. He, just does pretty well yeah. all over. So I see where you're coming uh, from. You're a, little bit, you're a little bit more of a need of a win, but is one receiver in football going to get you that win? I'd also say the you receivers they've had so far have produced pretty good so far, right? Like if it, if, it, if it was receiver talent that was the issue, then yeah, I'd maybe rush him back more. But I'm kind of in the same boat that it, he'll definitely be a big boost when he comes back, but uh that you know i think it's the offensive line play it's the quarterback play that have been hurting them more than anything in in recent weeks so i would i would vote to wait until after the bye week probably as well i i like i said again if a guy's healthy and 100 percent, and he's been out for nine weeks now uh this will be week 10 for him being in the game uh are being out are being back on the roster he's been on the one game injured list now for two or three weeks to me, if he's healthy and 100%, why not bring him in for a big game? You never know. It might just change the locker room mood. It might do something to tweak something else. He's got some experience also to talk to the young kids about. So to me, it's a good move. Bring him in right now. You got nothing you're really – what are you going to lose if you bring him in now? I mean, I don't think he gets injured. If he's if he's 100% and he gets injured again, well, he could have got injured against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in two weeks, right? Yeah, that's he could have got any time. So, if he's healthy and ready to go, you play the guy, and that's what that was my opinion on it, anyways. So, uh, um, Mike, you want to? Sorry, no, no, go ahead. Yep. Uh, Mike, you want to run over uh, what the BC Lions are going to throw at the Riders this week? Yeah, um, we could maybe use the first game as an example, even though I don't think it was BC's best game. Um, Keon Hatcher had a big game. Thank you for my fantasy pool. VA had a very good game. Makes me very happy. BC's defense kind of rounded back to normal. Only problem I have for BC in this game is if they think this is going to be a win before they even step on the field. I'll leave it at that. Well, didn't they also, didn't VA get hurt last time he played the Riders? Correct. Not yeah. when Dave Evans came into the game? Correct, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. So, what does a full VA performance look like against the Riders? going to be an interesting part here, right? I think it's a tough matchup uh, against that Riders defense. Uh, but is, is a healthy VA able to put up what he did last week against Calgary, Mike? What do you think? No reason why he shouldn't, but you never know. It's the CFL, and we expect certain things to happen, and Boom, the exact opposite happened. Yeah, that's true. So, guys, I'll just quickly run through the uh, injury chart for both teams as well, just really quickly here. Uh, the only real notable injuries for the Rough Riders, uh, Bradman Council, they moved him up to limited for practice, so that's good. Uh, they could really use him for an offensive lineman right now. Uh, Juwan Breskison's been fully practicing. Uh, he's got a, had a shoulder injury. Anthony Lanier, that's the big one to watch for this week. Uh, the defensive lineman does have a shoulder injury. He did not practice uh, Wednesday. I 
be honest, I'd be doubtful if he plays this week. Uh, over on the BC Lions side of the football, Woody Barron, uh, abductor injury, did not practice. I don't expect to see him anytime soon. Uh, Javon Quatoy, uh, uh, same thing, abductor, uh, limited in practice this week so far. Dane Evans, uh, ribbed injury. He did fully practice, though, so he might be backing up VA already. Uh, Marcus Moore, hamstring injury, didn't practice so far. Uh, but again, Weeks young, you never know. Some of these guys might come back and put them on limited or full sit. Uh, overall, not a whole lot of injuries. Riders are starting to get a little bit healthier. The Lions are starting to get a little bit healthier as well. So uh, they got a few injuries, but both teams are pretty well what they've got, essentially. Uh, what are we looking at for fantasy so far here, Ryan? I guess my first question, I've got three names uh, here in this game as well. My question for you, Adam, is let's say Keon Schaefer-Baker does play this week. Which rider's receiver do you think is coming out of the starting lineup? That would be a very good question to me right now. Uh, he I is a Canadian, so he could take the spot of one of the other Canadians. Yeah, and I think almost he uh, – huh, that's a very good question where he would fit it, right it, now. I, I would almost think, to be honest, I mean, he's played very well, but I would think almost Jason Stern's spot would be his spot. But I don't want to say it because I like how Stern's plays. But uh, here's the question. Else. Here's the question. Is Sam Amelis under consideration to come out? That's my thought. It's either going to be Stern's because that spot's been rotating through all season long or it's going to be Amelis. But uh, because- another high on what he's done. Because real, realistically, Emelis had that three-touchdown game, and he's gone really, really quiet since. Everybody thought that three-touchdown game would be the start of the breakout. Now, that being said, I don't know if we can give a fair assessment based on the quarterback play of the Riders of late, but like to me, you want a shot in the arm. KSB is probably the best option that the Riders have at quarterback. No disrespect to anybody else. And I, I think if you want to look at the Canadian the Canadian swap out, I think MLS is the answer because Stern's starting to show a little bit of something. The question is, is it enough to stay in the lineup? So the, the, the thing is, nobody has shown that they are able to stay in the lineup. And I think that's another type of question. Here's yeah. uh here's my hot take. Uh, take Jake Winicky out of the lineup because he's done next to nothing in a Riders uniform uh, for most of the season. I know he's injured for a bit, but big disappointment there. Uh, I think MLS has shown flashes at times. I think Stearns has as well. Winicky's been a bit of a disappointment, but we'll see what the depth chart looks like. Honestly, if he, I'm hoping he still plays because Jareth Stearns is the only Riders player I'm considering in this football game. I have zero. I have next to zero faith in Jake Dolagala in this matchup against the Lions, uh, but Stearns does come in at $4,500. He's also uh, in two games so far this year. He's had 13 targets, put up 14.1 and 8.1 fantasy points. Both of those are above the value for his current price. Also, the Lions give us the second most to the middle slot back, although I think that might be skewed a little bit by Dalton Schoen a couple weeks ago. So, uh a decent matchup there for Stearns if if he plays, of course. Uh, if not, he's taken out of consideration here. 
Uh, on the BC side, two names I've got. I've got the Keon. I've got Keon Hatcher at thirteen thousand dollars. Unfortunately, they raised his price a little bit, uh, but I think he's considered matchup proof. I mean, he's averaged ten targets in his last three games. Last week, put up thirty-two fantasy points. Is the only reason Adam found a way to win a fantasy matchup last week. Uh, pretty much was uh, Keon Hatcher. Uh, and, uh, it was also against the Stamps defense that going into last week gave up the least in the league to the left slot backs. Now, conveniently, it's the riders that give up the least to the position. So we'll see if Patrick can do it again. I do like the matchup for Alexander Hollins this week, but he doesn't get enough of a target share and is a thousand dollars more than Keon Hatcher. So that puts him a bit out of consideration, but I did think about it. Uh, and, uh, I do have the BC defense here, even though it's a bit more expensive than the other options we've talked about. Uh, and I might, that might drive me away, but the Riders have scored 15 or more points in only two of their last six football games, guys. Uh, the Riders have not gotten nothing going offensively, uh, and they continue to give up, uh, double digit fantasy totals quite frequently. Also, the Lions have scored nine or more points uh, uh, from their defense every week since week one, take out one game against Toronto and one against Winnipeg. So I think there's still decent value for the price, even though, interestingly enough, we talk about how good that defensive line is. They've only registered three sacks total in their last two games, uh, which is what I was surprised to see. But the Riders also give up their fair share of sacks there, too. So that's what I've got for fantasy players in this one. Uh, Trey, let's go to you first. I don't think we've done that yet. No, that's fine. You leave the best for last, Ryan, every time. It's good. Um, this game, let's um, – I have one guy, and I, I don't know about this one, but I have Morrow in because last week he did put up 81 yards against Montreal. Um, didn't get into the t- end zone, but I think that, you know – what? What was this? What is this? Are you making hands? Is he hurt? Oh, is he hurt? Oh my god, no way. No, he's not. I don't know what Adam's Adam, Adam just like, messing with Adam, you. <laughs> Stop it, man. I just see. <laughs> like, no, he's not hurt. I just checked this. Oh, out, he's man. hurt. He's hurt. Definitely hurt. You should probably put Frankie Mali Hickson in. Definitely. Okay. Um anyway. or Albert Awachi. Albert Awachi. Anyway. Anyway. Men are talking at him. Um, anyway, I think if Saskatchewan has any shot of winning this game. They got to own the possession battle, and they do that by getting a guy who averaged four and a half yards last week because four and a half plus four and a half is nine, and then you can trot out your third-yard guy or th- you know short, short-yarded team out there and get the first. And that's how Saskatchewan could win this game uh, the cheap, lazy way, Adam, right? Uh, what do you got in fantasy? I've got people, things. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got players. Hell is that? Are you itchy? Like, <laughs> do your sources uh, say Morrow's getting a one-game suspension or something that I don't know about? <laughs> like, what is this? Can't tell you nothing. No, no, nothing. Never oh, heard nothing from them man. sources lately. You're gonna. They're, I might have heard from Mikey sources, but I never heard from my sources. You're gonna, uh, gonna hog tie him to the back of your tractor and just kidnap him for the night now, aren't you? Like, and just really. <laughs> Absolutely. When you're all not expecting it, they're all getting hitchhiked. Uh, the only one I've got on my list, honestly, there, though, is uh, Taekwon Mizzle I've got right now on the list because 
I just like that uh, lineup if uh, Anthony Lanier is not there. And also with VA in there, he moves around the ball a lot. I think I'm going to probably put uh, Mizzle in. And the other one is uh, Keon Hatcher's on my list right now. He may switch out, though I don't know yet. I really do like Hollins in this game for some reason. So I uh, we'll see what I'm Just the prices, the price gets me. I know. Right? Uh, but... bucks. If you're going to spend the 13, what's the 14? I mean, it can make a difference when I'm at the salary cap currently. So uh, I think uh, I have 0.3 left in my current roster, although it will change 27 times yet before kickoff tomorrow. Uh, Mike, what about you? This game, any player catch your eye? Buyer beware in this one uh, for me. Um, yeah, I, I would. Uh load up on BC Lions but it's that what if thing for me right um, yeah I, I think you know BC should win this game uh, if you want expensive options and you want maybe a little bit cheaper in other games Hatcher for me uh, VA for me would probably do it Dominic Grimes would probably do it uh, is he playing this week? Does that like it? I dropped him in our draft yeah. league because week in and week out, there was no clue. Like it was last minute that Rhymes was out. So is he playing? He wasn't even on the depth chart. I have no clue. Or he wasn't on the injured list. So what's that, what's up with Dominic Rhymes? Is he healthy? Richard, you're in the chat. You're a Lions fan. Tell us uh, what's going on with Dom Rhymes. Like, and then the other thing for me is like, I am absolutely staggered, like flabbergasted, that Lucky Whitehead has been as quiet as he has uh, this year. So my question is, at what point did Lucky Whitehead have a massive game? The, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is, that, and I'm trying to figure this out, and maybe I'm overthinking it, somebody is going to have a massive game at some point, but we're not accounting for, and I think it might be in this game. Uh, Richard confirmed in the chat, thank you, uh, that uh, Dominic Grimes is on the six-game injured list, uh, so I'm even more happy with my decision to drop him from my roster last week. Uh, who hasn't given a pick yet? Everybody's given their picks in this game, right? I think we have, so let's pick our winners for the game, Trey. Yeah, BC, the road favorites, nine and a half going into Ryderville, plus nine and a half, 45, 44 and a half over, over under. Boy, oh boy, this is the same line I'd put on me and Adam's fantasy matchup. Boy, double digits, here we come, right? Yeah, I've been, I watched three straight seasons of Dog the Bounty Hunter the last couple of days, boy. He, I never miss my target, man. I never miss. Oh, the only difference is Dog. Dog hopes that the best for him, man. No, I'm putting you in that six feet under, man. That's fine. But nine, I'm gonna just like BC is gonna do to Saskatchewan. I'm gonna do to you, man. Nine and a half all day gravy, and I'll take the over. Um, Adam, I don't even want to hear you. You can go last. Mike, what do you got? All right. Does everybody have the fire joint for the hottest of all tates? No. But nine and a half to me. It's utterly, utterly disrespectful Good. of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Not only will the Riders cover, 
I picked them to upset the BC Lions this week at home and restore some confidence back in their fan base going into a bye week and going into a doubleheader with Winnipeg. I am picking Saskatchewan to not only cover, but to win the game. Over under 44 and a half. I missed that. Under. Under. Mike, I just got to ask, is Kat anywhere? Like, are you just saying this because she's watching you right now? No. Blink twice no. if you're okay. No, I like, to, I like to take one upset a week, and this is it for okay. me. Okay. Uh, We're going to talk after the show. Just make sure Mike's okay. But anyway, uh, Ryan, what do you got? I love having four of us on here because that just means I get to disagree with someone. I'm going to wholeheartedly disagree with Mike. The Lions should be bigger on this one. It's not going to be close. The Lions are going to blow this. The, the riders out of the water. Uh, so I will take BC to win this game uh, quite handily, at least by the nine and a half. Uh, but I think I still take the under on it uh, because I don't expect the riders to score very many points at all. And also, I think the riders defense can shut down the Lions offense a little bit too. So take the, uh, the Lions in the under. No, sorry, Rich. It's only me that smokes the good stuff on this show, boy. <laughs> Mike, that's just Mike. Anyway, I think we're good. Let's move on. We're good. <laughs> Adam, what do you got, buddy? Well, I guess they have to get to the best to last. Uh, nevertheless, I think that uh, probably I would love to agree with Mike. I would really, really, really love to agree with Mike. <laughs> I don't know. I would rather like to go and uh, drink down the drink in the same well that Mike's drinking, but I can't. Uh, I've got to go with the uh, BC Lions. This has been this is probably the first time in a very long time that the Riders are this bad of underdogs in Saskatchewan. Uh, I mean, when it gets to Labor Day next week, I don't think the odds will be this bad against the Riders, uh, just because it's Labor Day and anything can happen on Labor Day. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm going to go with the BC Lions, and I'm going to take the over right now. I don't know. There's not much film on Dolagala. He'll get a few touchdowns here and there. VA is going to throw for a few. He'll probably run in a few. BC's going to win this one, but uh, I'm going to go on the over. I think Mike picking the Riders makes more sense when you watch the YouTube feed and see that he's wearing a Winnipeg Jets shirt right now. False hope, right? I always got that false hope there, Mike. I, I wish I could be happy about anything the way Mike is about the two Winnipeg teams. Like, I, well, I can't. I don't, I'm not even that proud of my own kids as Mike is in the Jets and the Bombers, man. I'm not. I love my kids to death, but Mike, Mike's already sent my, his kids to college with the Jets and the Blue Bombers. I don't think mine's going to trade school. Like, I'm just, it, <laughs> I, but anyway. Hey, I'll tell you one thing you won't be happy about after this week. Mm, yeah. That's fine. You know what? Anything better than Mike's Cowboys, right? <laughs> Got lit up by hey, 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 Canadian hey. boy. I'm still trying to pick up the emotional scar pieces from what the head Nathan Rourke did to them, but <laughs> a lot of those guys oh. won't be on, a lot of those guys won't be on the team in two weeks, so I'm dead. I have like, to say, oh. get get used to Dak looking like that on the sideline, though. <laughs> Okay, 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 gentlemen. Okay, it can always be worse. It could be the Denver Broncos. Oh, yeah. oh. This is fair, but you have a great cooking show, then. So, 
because uh, Russ can cook, apparently. Uh, not well, uh, but he can. Uh, all right, let's get into our uh, CFL Fantasy League matchups and results uh, from this week. Uh Going back to the previous week in our draft league, I'm just trying to find the results here. I did put up the highest score of the week with 98.5. Mike came in second with 90.7 somehow, despite Zach Caleros having negative 1.8 points uh, in that one. Uh, So good job, Mike. Uh, Thanks, Keon Hatcher, for that, I guess. Uh, Vernon Adams was my big play of the week. Uh, Trey, you finished with 53.5. Chad Kelly's your guy, man, but you put Mason Fine in your lineup. What happened? I think I got my buys mixed up. I think I thought Toronto <laughs> was on the buy last week, not this week. I think that's all it was. Um, was Kelly a game time? No, he was quite, uh, he was like, uh, he Questionable. Maybe practice, I didn't. But... Maybe I didn't hear him change to to going, and that's why I left fine in because I don't know why I did that. But that's okay. I still yeah, beat Adam. Gonna... Get used to that boy looking up at me, boy. Let's go. Oh, yeah, you realize both of us are just sitting at the bottom of the bloody pig that's bar, it. our pig god, and going and fighting each other in the mud. That's fine. I'm still <laughs> King Hog, man. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, Adam, rough week for you. Uh, you didn't have a quarterback because Cody Fajardo was benched la- with injury last second, and Taylor Powell was on a bye week. So, uh, rough week for you, no quarterback. Uh, and uh, your new Canadian receiver, Vincent Forbes Mambo, put up a zero as well, unfortunately. But uh, this week, we only had one transaction so far. I believe two, actually. Uh, Mike, Eugene Lewis is back from injury, but you've dropped him completely off of your roster. Mike's so confident in the receivers he has right now that he has no interest in <laughs> Eugene Lewis. Uh, and Trey did drop Mason Fine and pick up Drew Brown. So uh, we'll see uh, what that means for this week's uh, lineups. Good luck to everybody there. Uh, in the CFL podcast fantasy league that Adam Trey and myself are playing in this year, absolute chaos this last week, where somehow Adam and I both won our matchups despite the negative four points from Zach Caleros as our captains and putting up 65 points and 60 points. And then Trey put up 104 and lost. Uh, any words, Trey, to describe your internal feeling that are don't need to be edited out of the podcast. No, I was going to say, no, nothing. Just um, Kids stay in school so you don't end up like me. That's it. I don't know. I don't know. That's rough. That's fantasy, eh? Like, I was so hot. Like, you could tell on the Discord, I was feeling high, like, Friday night. And then Sunday, I'm like, who am I even playing? I didn't even know who I was playing. And then I look, oh, the guy that's leading the week. Gosh, darn it. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tale of two leagues. The matchups uh, sometimes we're all doing good in overall point totals, but uh, those matchups are tough sometimes. This week, uh, Adam faces Travis from the Two and Out CFL podcast. I face Andrew from the Turf District, and Trey, you're facing uh, Ryan from Go Stamps Go Show. So conveniently, when the Stamps play the Bombers, so will you put in an All Bombers lineup against his All Stamps? Is the is the question there? Not a chance because it's the same lineup I have to set for both leagues, right? So if I had two uh, different, yeah. I should have made two different accounts. That's what I should have did. 
<laughs> I'm not. Th- I'm not that smart. But anyway, <laughs> I also don't think uh, that is legit to do. Uh, so. Well, if you make a new, you make a new email and you just log in two different things, and it's Trey Colbeck's making burner accounts now. <laughs> this yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I try, but Ryan keeps banning him, man. That's fine. <laughs> uh, overall standings, uh, I have sole possession of first at 8-2 and two in that week. We'll get into the disaster in the Discord League in a second. Uh, you guys are just outside the playoffs uh, cutoff line, ninth and 10th in the standings in that league. So, uh, But uh, two wins back to the final playoff spot. So hopefully a good week for both of you there. Of course, make sure you check out all those other great podcasts as well. Uh, where is the other thing here? It is our Discord League. We're playing together with members of our Discord community. Uh, this week, uh, my lineup was not good enough to beat Cheppy, uh, who put up uh, 105 points there. Uh, Mike, you lost to Larry. Mike, a rough. Uh, if we talk about roughest weeks, perhaps roughest for you of all in this week with 33 fantasy points on the week, my friend. Uh, nothing went your way, hey? Um, wounded pride, but when your captain gets minus four and doesn't make it out of the second, uh, out of the second quarter, uh, it's just one of those. Just, gotta, just remember, boys. Remember, who bite. said was the best backup quarterback last week? Just remember that. Who said that? Yeah, I blocked that part out of my memory. It was after the hour and a half mark. Uh, the only one to win in the Discord League last week was, from the four of us was Trey. So you get your redemption in that league, uh, beating Extreme 88 in that one. Uh, what mm-hmm. else am I missing? Adam, you did lose your matchup as well to FM Fan 2014, who did complete the sweep of the entire CFC crew. So credit to them. Uh, this week's matchups, uh, I face Barry, Mike faces Extreme 88. Uh, I wonder who Trey and Adam play that haven't gotten any hints throughout the entire matchup this week. I hate you. I hate never, you. never heard of him. Yeah. Who, who the, I can't even say it. Never mind. Uh, Connor McGregor's favorite line. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in, the stand, in the standings in this league, uh, Trey is the highest out of all of us with sixth place. Uh, Mike is an eighth. Adam's in ninth. I'm in 11th out of 12 teams, despite I've got a four and six record in this league, an eight and two record in our podcast network league. Fantasy is just... How many, how many teams make the playoffs in this one? I think it's six. Is the other one eight? Yeah. Both, okay. So I'm just in that final crossover spot. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah, we're coming for you. Uh, also, we just wanted to let you know, whoever wins the top four spots, you get our job for the next uh, podcast. So, you know, there's that. Oh, no. They can have all 2024, man. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, we'll go, we'll go on a big sabbatical. Oh, these guys are nuts. I, I want, no, I want like... Tess. They're doing some AI stump. They're, they're cheating. I don't know. That, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's, in, that's the only answer. Uh, in, in fairness, those two are the nicest, most positive guys I've ever been around. Yeah, we've so got, got a great people in the, the Discord community. So uh, it's been a fun league to play with, uh, with folks this year who are putting really into question why we're the ones running this podcast. But nonetheless, here we are, 222 episodes in and still going strong. Uh, which leads us into wrapping this one up uh, an hour and a half into the show. Uh, good timing today, guys. 
Uh, we did pretty good in that regard. Uh, let's see, as we wrap things up, we'll be back again next week, same time, same place, uh, with our week 12 preview. Uh, we'll preview the storylines, the betting odds, and fantasy picks in that one as well. For members of our Discord community, if you check out the link in the episode description, we'll also have our live uh, drive home call in show again next week, I presume. Uh, and you can catch that after the fact on our audio feeds as well. But if you want to join us live and send in your comments and questions for that one, uh, hop into the Discord community uh, for that as well. Uh, you can find us all on social media. Uh, let me just pull this up here. There we go. Uh, you can find us on X. Uh, I got to update the graphic here, I guess. I don't know. Uh, you can find us on X at, uh, at CF Countdown Pod on Facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod there as well. If you want to see what we've got going on on social media. Uh, Mike, what have you all got going on these days? Um, I am holding a major announcement. I am actually surprised. But the tat hasn't gotten out of the bag here locally. Um, surprised that I've been able to keep this under wraps for a while. So we'll spit out probably in the next week. Just also wanted to give a shout out to the Winnipeg Rifles. They have an early season battle with the one and all Saskatoon Hilltops this week at uh, Eastside Field uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock in a most anticipated uh, prairie football conference game in some time between these two teams. So good luck to them. Rifles really uh, stepped it up this year, Mike? Sorry? Did the Rifles really step it up this year or what? Uh, no, there's, the, the expectations uh, from most around the Rifles is that they feel this is one of the better teams they've had in some time, uh, but they've kind of been building and now they feel like they can compete with uh, the likes of the the uh, Regina and uh, Saskatoon and, of course, Edmonton and Calgary and all those types of teams. So I, I, I'm not really in talking to a lot of people directly involved with the team, but just the sense over the last number of years is that there's enough of this sort of big boys in the conference, for lack of a better term, coming from Saskatchewan. And the rifles, to be honest, to a point, are sick of being the afterthoughts for the most part. And they want to show that they, at least in their minds, uh, deserve to be a top-tier team in the PFC. And that PFC is a lot like Canada West and You'll be getting a lot of Canada West football talk from me in the next couple of weeks. But, hey, 1-0, 1-0. Early season measuring stick for both teams. Coming off very impressive wins last week uh, as well. So, in order to be national champs, you must beat the PFC dynasty that is the Saskatoon uh, Hilltops. All right, Adam, yeah. uh, we're being told you need some artwork on those walls behind you. So while you go shopping for artwork, uh, where can people find everything else you've got going on? Well, I'll go find some uh, artwork eventually here, but maybe after I'm done combining. I've uh, kind of been busy with that, uh, swathing, combining, uh, 
trying to get some stuff lined up, getting equipment fixed, getting augers fixed, doing all sorts of good stuff on the farm. So yeah, uh, we will go get some artwork after that. Uh, maybe I'll hang a nice big rider banner here after they win against BC. Right? Isn't that right, Richard? Uh, or maybe I'll go and hang my trophy that says I beat Trey Colbeck uh, also. Uh, on a serious note, though, uh, everybody up in the Northwest Territories, up in the, uh, the Yellowknife area, hey, I mean, everybody's thinking he up there. Uh, I just seen that there was an emergency evacuation order for a whole provincial capital. I mean, our territory capital. I mean, you don't see that very often. So be careful up there if you're up there. And uh, yeah, uh, you can follow me at Adam Stewart one if you want to. Uh, also, Farmer in Saskover on the Instagram. Trey, what you going right now for strategies over there? Yeah, what are you drawing on your board behind you? We can't see too well, Trey. Are you getting your own artwork on your walls? I drew a bunny. <laughs> I erased it, though. So that's okay. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, you know, Mike's got always got these secrets, but man, I got no secrets. I'm just the best that I'm going to beat Adam this week and next week in the other league and every week. It's all good, man. And then we got Banjo Bowl. You coming out for Banjo Bowl? Hopefully come out for Banjo Bowl. I'll buy you I sure hope I can, but I don't yeah, know yet. Okay. see how the harvest goes here. Uh, we still got to figure out a bet, though, for the rest of this. Uh, yeah, that's okay. For this uh, Banjo Bowl Labor Day thing. Yeah, we'll Let's figure Let's do it. that another day. Yeah, we figure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at Trey Harness Link, horse racing stuff, football stuff. You know where it's at. Oh, and Richard, just real quick. He says, what did he say? Something about the entertainment value. That's why he watches us. That's like telling a girl you like her personality, bro. Don't do not do that to us. Anyway. Uh, by the way, Mike left already. Uh, he didn't want to bother waiting around for uh, anything else we had to say. Uh, so he's gone. Uh, he's making deals. But uh, yeah, Mike's, uh, Mike's gone. We're going to be heading out here shortly. If you want to see what I'm doing on social media, it's at CooperTrooper42 on X. Uh, mostly just talking about Nathan Rourke now campaigning for his spot in the NFL Hall of Fame after his preseason uh, play there. Uh, please put him in there. Uh, and make sure you keep checking out the show uh, and do all the fun things such as... Uh, where is that? Uh, there we go. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. Help us grow the show. Maybe it'll help us grow enough, enough to put artwork on everybody's walls. Uh, we always appreciate that. Send in fan artwork uh, to the Discord community. I'm not giving you my mailing address, but if you want to post it in there, maybe I'll, I'll print it out and put it on the wall. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. On behalf of the entire crew this evening, Mike, Adam, Trey, I'm Ryan saying thanks for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.